Dickie Greenleaf? Who's that? It's Tom. Tom Ripley. Tom Ripley? We were at Princeton together. Okay. Did we know each other? Hello. Uh, well, I knew you, so I suppose you must have known me. Princeton's like a fog. America's like a fog. <laughs> this is Marge Sherwood. Um, sorry, what is it? Ripley. How do you do? How do you do, Marge? What are you doing in Manji? Nothing. Nothing much. It's passing through. <laughs> passing through? Yeah. You're so white. <laughs> do you ever see a guy so white, Marge? <laughs> Gray, actually. It's just an undercoat. <laughs> Say again? You know, a primer. <laughs> That's fun. Margie likes that. She's so white. Yes, I do. And you're not funny. Will you come and have lunch with us before you go? Yes? Sure, anytime. Well, coincidence. I don't remember this. It's so funny. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. You've been waiting to get to this movie. I have. Uh, we have a giant poster of this movie in our bedroom. Oh, that's true. We do. Yep. We do. I love it. I'm excited uh, to talk about it. Indeed. Indeed. Me too. Well, everybody listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that made, made us gay. 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 Fun, fun movie. We got to Is it a downer? Another movie from 1999. Yes. The Talented Mr. Ripley, yes, directed by Anthony Minghella, with our friend Michael Morgan. Welcome back on. It's Hi, so good to see you. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I always kind of come in on these kind of <laughs> darker, more difficult titles. Yeah. But why not? Hey. I mean, I feel like I was just throwing out some movies with you once about to do, and I mentioned The Talented Mr. Ripley, or we were about to record it with my friend Josh, and it fell through, and you mentioned just how much you love this movie. Yeah, no, I've seen it several times. I mean, I think that we're both Mm -hmm. Ripley uh, experts up in here. Yeah, it's it's. I like to say it's the first time I felt seen on camera. (laughs) On film. Oh, I, uh, oh Tom definitely as like, a, as a young high schooler, <laughs> definitely like 15 year old Scott had some feelings watching this movie. Wow. But yeah. before we get too into it, yeah. I mentioned it in our introductions, mm-hmm. but this is another movie from 1999. Yes, indeed. So to list all the movies that we've done in 1999, The Mummy, Dick, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Never Been Kissed, The Matrix, Go, and Cruel Intentions, and Talented Mr. Ripley is number eight. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's a lot. I mean, t- what, is, what, is, what do they say about 1999? It's like... I mean, it was just a year, a really good year for studio films. That is what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there was a lot of great movies that year. I remember specifically seeing almost all of those in the theater. A lot of good, good original movies. You really didn't see sort of superhero movies all that much in the year 1999 that just mm-hmm. dominate the release schedules now. I mean, The Mummy, The Matrix, mm-hmm. huge moments in pop culture. Yeah. So for the beginning of the show, I wanted to play a little game. Oh, a game. Uh, so, okay. So I'm going to quiz you with all of these movies okay. and shout out of what you think the answer is for what movie I'm talking about. Okay. What movie that I just listed came out first? 
Ooh. Oh my god. Um, There's so many. I, have, okay. I can't remember. I would go. I know the mummy's summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matrix was April. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> um, yeah, the Matrix was a spring release. <laughs> I, I don't know that. Maybe I'll say Dick. Dick was August Ooh, of 99. Right. Close. Okay. So what are the other options? Um, we got Go, uh-huh. Drop Dead Gorgeous, it uh, and Cruel Intentions. Uh, Go seems like... I feel like Go was kind of more like air quotes indie. Mm-hmm. So didn't I don't know. Maybe, I'm going to say Go. Wrong. Ah, Was it The Matrix? Nope. Uh, what was it? It was Cruel um, Intentions. Oh, was that like Released a January dump? Uh, no, it was a March movie, so oh, it was sort of okay. going into spring break. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which of these movies that we've mentioned or are covering today came out last? What was the tail end of 99? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Ripley. Yep. It was a Christmas release of yeah. 99. What was the Sundance movie of um, all of those? What debuted at Sundance? Go. Was yeah. it Go? That's yep. my guess. It was yeah. Go. Oh, okay. Sarah um, Polly is in it. It had to be Sundance. Yeah, what, that's, that's yeah, exactly. what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, what movie had the highest opening weekend gross? Ooh. Um, the Matrix. Maybe The Mummy, though. Yeah, uh, The Mummy might have. Or The Matrix. I feel uh, like Matrix was more sleeperish. But yes, you're right. Yeah. So let's we'll go with The Mummy. You're right. It was The Mummy, and I believe okay. that The Mummy did break some weekend records. It opened over... 43 million. Wow. Which That's of the movies that we've covered in 99 mm-hmm. had the lowest gross in its entire theatrical run? Again, I'm going to go back to go. Yeah. yeah. Nope. No. Go is wow. sort of oh, a sleeper oh. hit movie. Oh, um, dick? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Dick. Yeah. Unfortunately. Not yeah. a lot of people saw Dick in the theater. And yeah. followed by Drop Dead Gorgeous, and that made over 10 million. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous, I feel like, was a, not mm-hmm. a huge hit. What movie made the most in its theatrical run? Oh, The Matrix, for sure. Matrix, 465 yeah. million worldwide, followed by The Mummy at 415. Yeah, so they were very to close neck together. Neck with those two. Um, now we're going to get into some MTV Movie Awards questions. <laughs> because I am obsessed with all of the showings of MTV, of the MTV Movie Awards that we've found on YouTube yeah. last year. They're so yeah. much fun to watch. Listeners, like, look all of look them up. up. They should be on YouTube in their entirety. Uh, what movies from this list were nominated for best kiss <clears throat> oh cruel intentions. cruel intentions for sure yeah. there's another one there's one more mm-hmm. the mummy nope ah. uh uh was there a kiss in dick no the matrix oh the go go there's a gay kiss right nope. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah. go should have been nominated not the matrix either nope he doesn't kiss trinity mm-hmm. I don't, that, that movie's pretty kissless <laughs> um it's our one true movie of our list Oh, um, oh, Never Been Kissed? Never Been Kissed. Drew ah. and Michael Vartan. Who from our 1999 list were nominated for Best Male Performance? I I think maybe Ripley got a nomination. This is MTV Movie Awards. Yep. Okay. Did So not Dan Hedaya. Mm-mm. From Dan. No. Right. Should have been nominated. <laughs> it's either going to be Keanu or, um, yeah, or, Keanu, uh, or maybe Brendan Fraser. Keanu is one of them. Okay. Who do you think the, who do you think the second one was? Did Jude Law get nominated? No. no. I'm going Brendan Fraser. No. Ah! Uh, oh, um, duh, Cruel Intentions had one. Oh, it's Ryan. It's Ryan, Ryan Phillippe. Keanu Reeves won. Yeah. What won Best Movie at the MTV Movie Awards? I, I would assume The Matrix. The Matrix. It was the Matrix, yeah. yep. Um, who got the most Oscar nominations of this group? 
Ripley. Ripley got five. Oh, Ripley. Wow. Senor Ripley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Best Supporting Actor for Jude Locke. Costumes by Anne Roth. Score. Uh, adapted screenplay in art direction. Can we just talk okay. about the costumes for an hour and a half? So good. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. Even though The Matrix got four nominations and won all four in its tech category. Oh, right. that they, makes yeah. sense. And yeah, I remember it sort of being, I mean, not really a big deal, but I remember thinking like, oh, so you're going to give all four wins to The Matrix, but you can't put that in Best Picture? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like a, yeah. it's like a genre biased. Well, that was also the era of known, like, only five. Mm-hmm. Best Picture, yeah. it would have definitely I mean, I also think in ten... I still think the Matrix would have had trouble cracking that. Wow, time. You think wow. so? I think I that know. Academy members at that time were that biased they, about at that Shire time. Bias. But now they would uh, anything. The, they would nominate anything that grosses over. Like mm-hmm. also true, yeah. And I think that Ripley was probably pretty close to that Best Picture nomination, and also a nomination for Matt too. Well, yeah, because it got it got five. You said. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the, the height of the Weinstein powers, yes. where they could mm-hmm. really like. He was probably just outside of that five. All right, so last question. What movie only got one Oscar nomination of this list? Um, just got a one tech nomination. Um, oh, The Mummy. It was The Mummy. Yeah, if it was tech. It was The Mummy. I mean, those effects at the time. It was nominated like... for Best Sound. Oh, wow, that's mm-hmm. all. Yep. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, so that was our little 1999 that's, game. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are, those are all great. Those are movies that when they are on... Oh yeah, like you're the USA Network. You're sitting down and yeah, watching. I'm watching them with commercials. Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> yeah, totally. And just like living my life because I can, I can watch any of those. Yeah, like just, you said, yeah. Spider Man came out in like 2001, yeah. and that's that kind of changed the landscape. 2002 or yeah. two, or I mean, wow. even X Men the following year. Yeah, yeah, but even that at the time was like a little bit sleep, not sleepy, but it wasn't it was like right. Katy perry like yes you're <laughs> successful but you're not like right. changing pop culture yeah mm-hmm. i felt it got a lot of like matrix ripoff backlash yes too. i think that yeah. happened and i i even believe that they like reshot parts of x-men to be more matrix like sure oh, love it i love that <laughs> none of that gay <laughs> comic so book stupid. crap <laughs> right i remember being in a Seven Eleven and seeing the entertainment weekly cover and they're in – it's like Famke Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Hugh Jackman and the other one. And seeing the costumes and being like, oh, no, they didn't. Right. They went mm-hmm. with the, this weird black. It like, like, like Matrixy, yeah. Like, oh, it's got to be sort of like yep. dark and – Yeah. Too weird. Especially for X-Men. And now, is- like, God, it's like, it's like canary, yellow, blue. <laughs> yeah. It's like any color scheme. They're really so, leaning yeah. into it. Yeah. Well, but we're here today to talk about the talent <laughs> of Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Kind I mean, of the more prestige movie to come out at the end of 99. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthony Minghella was just coming off of his success with The English Patient with Miramax. And this is kind of the height of the Miramax dynasty. Mm-hmm. They were right. just coming off of their best picture win with Shakespeare in Love. They got Paltrow, a best actress, mm-hmm. Oscar for The it. crown jewel of the yeah. Miramax Empire. <laughs> mm-hmm. I <laughs> mean, Paltrow. it was yeah. just sliding their, doors. Their stable oh, of stars with yeah. being... They all kind of... Well, except for... No, Matt Damon was Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
I guess Jude Law wasn't, but he was still like a foreign import, and Miramax sort of specialized yes. in that. Like when we introduce a foreign star, we're, we're like you know responsible for mm-hmm. making stars out of foreigners. I was reading today that Mangella <laughs> kind of wrote the role for Law when seeing dailies for a movie called The Wisdom of Crocodiles in '98. Mm-hmm. So that was just I sort love of the Wisdom of Crocodiles. I, as a baby it. gay, heard of it. it. Truly, I was obsessed with Jude Law. Um, oh my! Weren't we all though? Oh yeah. I had the Vanity Fair, Jeez. the like May 2000 Vanity <laughs> Fair, like, and yeah. I had already at this point seen a bunch of his films, and he was a huge draw for me to go and see this in the mm-hmm. theater. Um, so, uh, when did you first see this movie? I saw it theatrically with a group of friends, and funny enough, they all hated it <laughs> when we got out of the theater. And I, I mean, obviously, like, I, this is a small town in Northern California. It's like 16, 17-year-olds. They were, you know, it, it not a movie that really plays to that crowd, even though we all sort of were on board with the idea of yeah. like a thriller with hot young people in a foreign yeah. location. But when, you know, when you watch this film, it's it's pretty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's art house, but it's certainly like. It's borderline. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's kind of like a mainstream Fellini movie. <laughs> and for me as a kid, I was watching it and loving it oh, yeah. for lots yeah. of reasons. Um, it could have been terrible. I mean, I think it's a genuinely good film, but yeah. I would have loved it. So I had to sort of temper my reaction as well because oh, again sure, i'm yeah. sure <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah totally i wasn't out yet right. although i was even at that point i was sort of out to my very close girlfriends right. Right. the very like we would trade <laughs> secrets like i'm gay and she'd be like i had sex and that was like, uh, considered <laughs> yeah, the like same level of taboo yeah. she was like she i remember i had this friend i gave a blowjob when i get, came out to her she's like well i've had sex and that was her like dark secret and yeah. she had made her boyfriend like drive multiple towns over to buy condoms because she was worried that somebody anybody could see him buying condoms yeah then they would know yeah that's like small town that's crazy drama that's crazy i mean she doesn't want that scarlet a i thought she was gonna drive two towns over to get to get a hotel room too that would have actually yeah uh, no she was i think it was probably like in the pickup truck right Yeah, yeah yeah Uh, Scott, when did you see this movie? I saw this movie probably winter of 2000 with my parents. Oh, I went to this movie with my parents. And I just remember sitting in the theater and that bathtub scene. (laughs) I just remember which one blowing 15 year old Scott's mind. Yeah. I would have been deeply uncomfortable. I had never, I had never seen anything. And it was probably one of those things that I was that young of a teenager that probably the faggotry of this movie went a little over my head, but I knew that something was up. Mm -hmm. And I remember my stepdad, great guy mentioning it on our car ride home of how much he liked the movie and that Tom's character was gay. And I'm just like, what? You caught on to that too? (laughs) But yeah. And then I got a tape of it and would just watch it all the time. I would pause it right on that scene where Jude Law stands up in the bathtub oh, yeah. and you can sort of yeah, see that dude. dick outline. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, very forever like, radicalized by the talented Mr. Ripley. Erotique. Wow. And that was a daring move for yeah. an actor to do. And especially yeah, for yeah. a huge movie star at that time that Matt Damon took a role like this. That is, yes, I do agree. Um, but he is also, I, the movie's kind of modern. It It's not really like, pathologizing his gayness it sort of just like exists there you it is like that weird line of like do i want to be him do i want to 
sleep with him? Do I, do yeah. I want to yeah. fuck him? Do I just want his money? Yeah. Because when you watch Purple which Noon... Which is relatable. When right. you watch Purple Noon, which was the 1960s adaption of this, uh, the character of Tom, by played by Alan Delon, more just wants Dickie's money. Like, mm, he's right. very straight. In he's They don't lean Blind. into the homosexual aspects of the book. Right. Because that's all subtext of the book right. as well, that... Anthony just really leans into yeah. when he did this adaptation. Yeah. And that's good because it, it brings a lot of flavor to the <laughs> film. My, one of my favorite scenes is the queer shame scene. I like have to like cover shame. my eyes where he's really queening out in the bedroom, like yeah. playing that. I don't know what he's playing and he's in Dickie's clothes. And oh, like, yeah. that scene that's, is just, yeah. he's oh, lip syncing along to a record. Yeah. That is like still an open wound for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> You should revisit the purple noon scene mm-hmm. of that because he's more just talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're playing mm-hmm. it more like okay. That it's more just Tom is just in love with himself. Okay. Right, right. Uh Peter, when did you first see this movie? I must have just rented it because I definitely did not see this in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of the hype surrounding it. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember all of the like you know, I talk about being a big entertainment tonight, you know Da-da-da-da-da. person. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved watching the news magazine shows, although at this point it was probably extra. So I was probably <laughs> sure. watching extra, ex- yeah. extra, extra. And they yeah. did probably make a big deal that Matt Damon probably well. The whole thing was went that to like a twink frame. He, you know, he. Well, I wouldn't even go that far. He lost weight, but even for him, I don't think Matt Damon ever had a twink face. Um, <laughs> uh, and probably, you know, who probably covered this a lot, like latched onto this shit was Steve Kometko uh. at E with his with his diamond earring. Yeah, that's like, about right. I'm going to cover this story. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing was Matt Damon. Green Speedo, mm-hmm. you know, lost all this weight, playing this, like, you know, uh, sexually ambiguous character. Mm-hmm. You know, and even in 99, I think it, w- it was n- not even in 99, in, you know, especially at that time, it was still very much like, well, what a brave choice for Matt Damon. Brave exactly. This character, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and he's um, playing unlikable. Yeah. Well, not only unlikable, yep. he's clearly like in love with this dude. And yeah, so I remember all of that and just all the interviews being all about that and extra talking about, you know, the weight loss and everything and um, being kind of intrigued by that. Uh, Jude Law. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, get out of here. With I mean, face. just so shot just like kind of just shot like a like. The Greek god Adonis in this movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Jude Law had already at this point played gay like 900 times. Oh, so right, this was right. actually like, wasn't oh, it, wow, he's playing straight. Wasn't that's, it, and that's a challenge. Moonlight in the yeah. Garden of Good and Evil. That, this right. is after that. Yeah, yeah. This is after he was in the Oscar Wilde the movie. Wild movie yeah. um, and then I think there was another one, too, that he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Midnight in the Garden of Good and, e- of Good and Evil for sure. Um, wild for sure. That one. Um, yeah. And then he had done Gattaca. So yes. he was like a. Yeah. And Gattaca had, I mean, he. His, I think this is considered his star turn. Like yeah, this has sure. introduced him to American This is the one that got him his Oscar nomination. This is yeah. the role you want as an mm-hmm. up and coming actor. Yeah. Or you do want Ripley as well. But again, the way Mangella makes it and shoots it and frames it, it's like. You know, you need to have the object of 
beauty. Yeah. Be Jude Law. And it's weird because Matt Damon is somewhat attractive. Yeah. And even their idea of ugly, uglifying him is a little like ugly Betty, she's all that, <laughs> where they're like, put frames on him, but he's still like buff and eating yeah. like 60 grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> but it's weird because the, the more it goes on, the more you're like, yeah, he's frumpy. You know, right, because yeah. you're just looking at like Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow and like I mean, we were just stuff. we were just dissecting yeah. Matt Damon's profile oh, that yeah. he just looks like an ogre compared to Jude Law <laughs> and <Doonesbury>. Paltrow. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny because it's like we're talking about Matt Damon, like clearly someone who is very handsome. His yeah. face is very angular. Yeah, it's just very. There's lots of harsh yes. angles on his face, um, but it works. For the character. Well, of Tom. also, what I thought about as I'm watching this movie is they're doing a scene, a thing that's very similar to Gattaca, where he has to look enough like him, mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. At, like Dickie, to pass for him. Like people who have a passing knowledge of who Dickie Greenleaf is as a person, they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, you could you could be Dickie." Because I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe Philip Seymour Hoffman might have been in another universe. Could he have played Tom Ripley? Yeah. But people wouldn't have bought him as Dickie. You know, with the weird, like, that passport picture, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the same photographer who took the passport picture for Gattaca because it's like, (laughs) there's like some weird morphing going on. That is not Jubal's face. That wasn't either of them. Yeah. It's like they took, they did the thing, like the fashion plates and they took like eyes, nose, and a chin and like made a new face out of it. I feel like I've read too that for, uh, Matt Damon, they did wait, make him wear like a weird mouth prosthetic, or they made they did something to make his, his mouth jaw. more a little like not horsey ish, but like <laughs> they did something. Yeah, I didn't know that they did. And if you okay. even the lighting by the end of the film, he's lit so that like all his like moles and freckles are suddenly mm-hmm. gone, and like the oh, hair is okay. frosted, and yeah. he's suddenly like he's very glamorous towards the end right. when he's at his most evil. Yeah, which is have, how it should be. Oh, of course. Have you ever read the book? No. I have read the book <laughs> I and should. I've listened to it on audio and I'm currently re-listening to it on How Audible. How is the who's who's reading it? I need a name. I don't know. It's a really yeah. good narrator, but um it's a pretty good at adaptation i won't go too into because like nobody wants to listen to me just being like that's not in the book, book but it it's a pretty solid adaptation of the material like right Mingella really flushes it out he adds some new characters the peter character i do not believe is in the book and also mm-hmm. meredith is not in the book mm-hmm. played by kate blanchett which I admire. Yeah. I'm like a little of that opinion now that we're too faithful to the book. Yeah. And the book is right. like, they treat it like fundamentalist Christian readings of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Where it's <laughs> like, you cannot stray, even though they're different mediums yeah. and different things work. And both those characters, when you really analyze it, it they really just, the and, craft of it, it's like, well, yes, you need this character to do that. Yes. Yeah. And, that, that and Meredith fits so well into the narrative of the story because she kind of drives it at times meredith yeah yeah, yeah. and so, she's a, a, a more harmless version of ripley everybody in the film yes. sort of leading not everybody's leading a double life but a lot of these characters it's are one not of, who it, they it's say one of the are, yeah, yeah. Pre- trying to escape your past everybody's yeah. pretending to be something they're not yes and i love the way that kate blanchett plays this character yeah mm-hmm. because she is doing <laughs> that thing of that she kind of like no she you know she knows all these people in the social circle, but it's like, does she know them? And yeah. she's like, oh, of course I do. Everybody kind of plays at this thing where they're putting on this ruse in front of other people. And there were moments where I was like, 
okay, Dickie's a really bad actor in front of so-and-so, but he gets better in front of, you know, he's kind of uh, not that great of an actor in front of, who do I have it? Um, You mean Tom? Tom, Ooh, see, yeah. you're already like see, you're already up. The yep. succumbing to the exactly. mind fuck of the film. <laughs> he was kind of a bad actor with Marge, like before you know, um, before he like kills Freddy or whatever. But then when the cops come in and it becomes more mm-hmm. of a thing, it's like okay, he really starts starts buying into it. But yeah, Kate uh, Blanchett's acting with you know the people that she knows in the social circles and and all that. It's very interesting the way they play it. I'm Meredith, by the way. Hello, Dickie. Meredith Randall. Um, Dickie Greenleaf. Hello. You're not the shipping Greenleaf. Oh, trying not to be. Trying to jump ship. Oh, did they put your cases in the wrong pile? It's just that, uh, you were in the R stand. Well, I thought I saw you there. My father wants me back in New York. He builds boats. I'd rather sail them. So I travel under my mother's name. Which is... Emily. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is... I'm not Randall either. I'm Logue. As in... As in the textile Logues. Trying to... Shrug off the dress. I travel under my mother's name too. Randall. Right. It's really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like a hungry, thirsty. She's sort of like a B-list actress trying to become A-list. Yeah, you know that that kind of a personality. Just yeah, and also the type of woman that would probably fall in love with a gay man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said that the, she had already done Elizabeth at this point. She was just coming off of her Jeez, Oscar nomination. Please. She was in the same category with. Paltrow, and Paltrow won for Shakespeare in Love, but Elizabeth was a huge deal for her, and I just remember also being really invested on Kate's climb to the Mm -hmm. A-list, especially sort of the following years after when she was in the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm -hmm. They put her in a lot of big prestige, let's get Kate an Oscar Didn't she get... An, an Oscar nom for the Elizabeth sequel as well. I think of course, she did, yeah. That's really. But isn't that movie supposed to be not great? That one's like, <laughs> and she I has that great. And it. she has that great drag queen monologue. Yeah, 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 yeah. I too can command the wind, sir. I have a hurricane in me that will strip Spain bare if you dare to try me. <laughs> I mean, again, if there were any set, I wish I could go back time travel and be on. <laughs> I would want to be on this set, like. To be around all these actors, like I want to hear their time in their career. I, I want to yeah. hear their small talk with like Paltrow right before they're going to film some, like some scene out in front of the Spanish Steps. Do you think they were like having sambuca after mm-hmm. a long oh day? Gosh. And because we don't, I mean, they did shoot on location, but yeah. as we've all said, they that takes place in a fictional Italian yeah. town. <laughs> yeah, um, that there's a scene where um, what is. Kate Blanchett's character's name Meredith. Meredith is talking to to Tom, who she thinks is Dicky, and she says that line about like when you grow up rich, you have to surround yourself with rich right. people who hate being who rich. hate being rich and who hate money, and mm-hmm. it's just like Paltrow like 
was reading her script and just like, and next scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was like, wow, this is about me. I this sh- documentary that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I do. I think Gwyneth Paltrow kind of does in real life embody this kind of social circle, sure. except, yes. you know, yeah. 30 or 40 years later. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie's wild. I hadn't seen it in years, by the way. I know. And we we all yeah. just watched it right before, mm-hmm. and we are we were like closing our eyes and reciting dialogue. Yeah. For Pe- <laughs> I know this movie. Peter like, was gagged and gooped. Yeah, I'm. And we kept here, saying like... gooped whenever <laughs> Gwyneth would have like a strong monologue. Because she, it's again, it's such an actor showcase. Like everybody yeah. gets like yeah. a monologue or a scene or a chance to really shine and chew things up. They all do, and yeah. they all do it. They all really. It's like an excellent, you know, like a, a drag review where everybody. Like, like comes out and does their number and like yes. nails yes. their mark. Everybody yeah. carries their weight. Yeah. 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 There really isn't a weak link. And the int- the funny thing is that like Gwyneth with, you know, with goop and all that stuff. And it's like, every time I see her in something, I'm just like, I, I love her. She's great. But then when I, you know, you when read you read the, the interview, stuff, you're like, like, I hate uh, this person. We talked about on our sliding doors episode that I think that people confuse not liking her as a person with thinking that she's yeah. a bad actress because she's right. really good. Cause she is good. Yeah. She's like yeah. natural. She embodies the role. Yes. She's not like annoyingly overacting or yes. underacting. And also kind of when you look through Paltrow's IMDb, she doesn't really feel overexposed because she doesn't work all that much. No. If anything, right. like she's not working hardly at all anymore. She's mm-hmm. like in Marvel movies for two minutes. Yeah. Is um, is it called Goop because like her initials? I I don't know the origin behind Gwyneth it. Olivia Octavia. We have to have her. Oh, no, I just that. that would be. <laughs> Goop. I, I wish her. Middle names were Olivia Octavia Paltrow. <laughs> we have to have some Goop followers that listen to the show. Send oh, us a yeah. DM if they if they know why. She and as we goop. are commenting, I mean, when you watch this, Marge lives the goop lifestyle. Yeah. Yes, She's like she picking does. lemons fresh from the vine in the open Tuscany air. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just like all her, all her like fresh linens and like tablecloths and clothing. Everything is like, and I like that she has a complete, box. she has a complete rich bitch wardrobe that she goes to Rome and Paris with. Yeah. And she shows up with a look mm-hmm. even when she's in like, yeah. Deeply deep anguish and mourning and a pichon for animal prints. <laughs> yeah. Did you I mean this is a deep cut, but the Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth Paltrow, the Gwen Stefani solo album, there's a song called Cool. Yes, we know cool. The video the video yep. all this shit. It's mm-hmm. like this. But she's got brown hair in the video. Well, she's got brown hair when she's dating the guy and then in and the present yeah, when yeah, she yeah. when she has him come over with his new hot piece. To show time has passed. Yes, she's got the platinum. I mean, I'm sure that Stefani that Goopy hair. probably gave oh, her that idea. Yeah, so good. This whole movie is shot like a fragrance commercial. Yes. Yes. A music video like yeah, a all perfume that ad yeah. everything. Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, um, photo shoots. I'm just getting like call me by your name like just like flashbacks as I'm watching mm-hmm. these scenes. Except they because it is, this is a period movie. It's set in the 50s. They do a really good job of having like like Madeline and like the nuns walking behind mm-hmm. him and like Father Guido Salducci just like in the background. Just I love the like all the like Catholicism just like peppered, yeah, peppered I, throughout. Because I've seen it a million and one times, I was really gluing my eyeballs in the background yeah. and like studying <laughs> that and it all looked 
really convincing. I always kind of try to look for things that read the year that they shot this movie. This was probably just shot in like oh, late yeah, 98 I love doing or early too. 99. Yeah. <laughs> and I really couldn't find anything. Well, well yeah. I have one or two. I mean, okay. again, like we said, Gwen's hair coloring. I mean, it sure. looks great, but it was very like. Yeah. It was like a nice dye job. You don't think so that they could have gotten that shade of blonde in the 50s? Mm, I, I mean, a, a natural blonde. I don't think they were doing that balayage highlight in, uh, no. in the 50s. But even um, like Marilyn's hair color would have been more white. What else, one color. too? I would say... No, I think they did do a good job. Tom I mean, Ripley's look, oddly, is yeah. like... Uh, in it, it was sort of fashionable even like 10 yeah. years ago. The frames mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. his look in general, like it's sort of hipster chic. Yeah. Tom. yeah. He almost was probably more preferable in style to then. Jude Law was like truly, truly right. of the 50s. Yeah. Like he was really like uh, of that moment. Um, we mentioned at the top of the show that Anne Roth did these costumes. Uh. And Anne Roth, <laughs> uh, I think that kind of she works with. Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep a lot. Well, she just won. She just won she for, for Ma Rainey. Right. And didn't show up. Didn't even bother to show up. And busy. <laughs> yeah. She was like, nope, uh, it's at Union Station. I'm good. I'm her not going to. Her I'm, and Anthony Hopkins I'm were just having 112 a years old. I'm not going to like, I've won this award 900 times. I wonder, I mean, she should have won for this. I would look up and, and if I was going to like crusade for justice like this film needs to win an award oh, it would be do you want to know who won for costumes in 99 if let it, me let me look it up because okay. you're gonna eat your words when you find out i this. don't know i think i still will prefer ripley that lime green speedo deserves to be in like the smithsonian and roth only has two oscars okay yep. four Mar rainey's black bottom and the english patient oh. out of five nominations okay yeah, hold on. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. She was nominated in 1984 for Places in the Heart. Work. 1996, English Patient won. 99, Talented Mr. Ripley. 2002, The Hours. Oh, that's I mean, the Meryl. Come on. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Wow, so that is shocking that she went that long between nominations and wins. Is yeah. to mm-hmm. 21. Oh, yeah. The winner is Topsy Turvy, a Mike Levy movie. Eh, Give it to Anne Roth. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was, remembers Topsy Turvy. I was going to say, I thought that it was Colleen Atwood for Sleepy Hollow. Oh. Uh, which But she was also iced out of that win. Was it the same year? It was the same that year. That was a competitive year. Because Topsy Turvy... I'll, I'll tell you this, though. That movie turns out the costumes as well. But it's a little too... <laughs> I guess talented is, you know, period pieces, right. the Academy's a sucker for them. And the farther back it goes, the more likely it is to win. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, like, 1900s, that's, like, a foregone conclusion. Oh, right, right, right. The fir- Yeah, the further back then. The era that they're mm-hmm. depicting, the more likely they'll give it to it. Interesting. I never saw Topsy Turvy. I never saw I it either. It's Mike Lee, who yeah. is one of my favorite filmmakers, yeah. but only... I don't really like when he does, period. I like when he's doing, like, uh, modern, working-class kitchen sink English I just saw the yeah. runtime of Mr. Turner, and I was like, like no, no, thank you. That's another period <laughs> one, yeah. Oh, I boy. just got Secrets and Lives on Criterion. Love Secrets. That was, like, one of the first things when I downloaded HBO now, or, or Max. It's like... And, you know, that they're studying all their consumers, like, what's their, like, first title they're watching? And they, they see that I'm putting, like, secrets and lies. And then they're I like, think I watched another stakeout. So, like, they're like my algorithm is, they're like, who is this? This is a middle-aged, this is a sad, sad male. This is a, he's single. Um, oh, my God. 
Another stakeout? I don't know why. With Rosie I just, yes, that's why I clicked it. <laughs> I mean, but it's just funny because I saw it. Oh, I think man. it was in the early stages too, where you know, the longer these streaming sites are up, the better they get. But they're still just listing stuff yeah. alphabetically. Yes, so it was yeah. like another stakeout. Like ah. that's what I'm <laughs> seeing when I click on movies. Oh, A N. Paramount you, Plus is still doing that. They when are. I go there, I'm like they're alphabetical. And that? it's and it's in a line. It's not even a, I know, a grid. Like, it's oh, like a right. single line. Oh, Ooh. terrible. Are you sure you didn't um you didn't mistake uh, another stakeout. Maybe you thought it was Exit to Eden. With, I don't. Your, I mean, that would have been a. I wouldn't even be ashamed to have clicked on that. Rosie O'Donnell's uh, erotic thriller and her, and her slash comedy and her BDSM <laughs> look. Yeah. Um, this movie starts off right out the gate, giving us some like Matt Damon. Um, mm-hmm. It's giving me some like hints of. Uh, of uh, what's the other the one that he won the right Goodwill Good Goodwill Hunting. Hunting it is yeah like yeah. he's yeah. playing the piano he's yeah. in a Princeton jacket he's, he's in on profile top of the roof mm-hmm. there's like a classy opera show going on I love that we start off on Dickie Greenleaf's parents mm-hmm. and yeah. we don't see Dickie right but I love the fact that Dickie's mother is obsessed this glamorous like we never know her illness no. she's in a wheelchair Mystery. it's probably like yes. fibromyalgia yeah. or like some rich lady it's like very like rich lady disease like yeah. she probably just has the vapors she's right. not even like sick she's just like in a wheelchair. <laughs> and they reference it a second time. they do yeah and that was like perked my interest as well but that was as far as it went and maybe it was it does mislead you to think, oh, maybe that's why uh, he's escaped America mm-hmm. to like not have to deal with his mother, his infirm mother. She was giving me like uh, she was giving me very much like the mom in Poison Ivy. Sure, oh, just like very similar, tragic, you know, rich lady disease. The like, character. What do I have? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was just like immediately. Richness obsessed. has made me sick. <laughs> I, that's like my favorite. Um, film, one of my favorite film premise. Yeah, I mean. Meredith is on her way to this, like, mm-hmm. to this mystery illness. So they assume <laughs> that Tom Ripley went to Princeton because he was wearing yep. a jacket yeah. with the Princeton logo, which, sure, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they ask him to do them a favor and go track down their incorrigible young son who's just fled to Italy with his girlfriend and won't come back and grow up and be an adult and <laughs> face reality Take and over the family business. Yes. A shipping, shipping company. They ship, build boats. Shipping yeah. magnate. Yeah, right off the bat, you're just thrown into this world of these people are this rich mm-hmm. that the son is living off his family money in a different country and will not come home. And they're so rich that they're going to just... Give money to this stranger, a thousand dollars in the fifties. That's a lot of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. to just straight up go over. And he will be getting five thousand dollars, right? If he brings him home. Oh, is that the bounty? Was that even the? Yeah. More? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. that. That's like the full bounty, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he makes his way there. Does he even know who he is at this point? I, I think, think he's familiar with him. He's just like, sure, I'll do it. He started just, he already though, like started to study jazz records beforehand. He like yeah. wanted to ing- well, ingratiate he gets that ingrain himself. He gets that note from his dad that he was really into jazz. Yeah. Right. And I want to say in the book that Dickie and Tom had only briefly met at like a party. Oh, so okay. he knew who he was going to Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the mon- the studying montage of like, you know, learning all the songs or, you know, learning all the jazz records. Blindly and all picking that. a jazz album and trying to guess mm-hmm. who it is. 
Yeah. It's, Which is insane because jazz is like what? I know. How do you like, oh, I wouldn't. So I would have just memorized a few artists yeah. and like not care. I, would, I mean, but again, that's the genius of Tom Ripley is yeah. truly like that level of a con artist. He has yeah. to be a couple steps ahead. And we were talking about this earlier. This story is, you know, Tom Ripley is a sociopath, a con artist, a fraud, and it speaks so much to these times because I feel like every other week we're learning about a new one. Yeah, and they've really permeated. Our culture, you know, it's, and cr- it's he crazy. Was like the because, OG catfisher, you yeah. know. I think, like, oh, well, it would have been like so much easier in the fifties to do to pull mm-hmm. this kind of a scheme because there's not like computer records and all that stuff. But you're right; people are still pulling this shit like they today, are. like even with you know, like digital fingerprints and all that stuff. You can still figure out ways to 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 catfish yeah. people. I mean, I always the inventor. I always. That about the silicone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, she is like a Tom Ripley. Totally. Um, yeah, as we're watching this movie, just I'm thinking myself and in my, in, to myself in my head the entire time, just thinking, oh, what a tangled web we we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the moral of the story. Oh, what a tangled web we we. A web of lies. <laughs> a web of we lies. practice to deceive. And also, uh, <laughs> is Tom kind of a self hating homosexual? Just well, to kind of I be mean. a. To be kind of a gay man at that time, since you couldn't publicly live your life, you were probably just a pretty bitter person. Probably in the 50s, if you were a homosexual and you had those tendencies, there's probably not even kind of a way for you probably don't even have the language to be like, yes, I'm a gay man, but I'm just hiding it. You're just like, no, something weird is wrong with me and I can't like – well, but in the act on this. in the third act, they do show there is another gay character right. in, in very rich elite circles. Mm-hmm. Homosexuality is sort of accepted, right? Okay, sort yeah. of tolerated, and just sort of like you know, yeah, keep it on the DL. And then Tom exploits that because right. he's like they're mistaking his self hatred for his homosexuality when it's like no, actually, I hate myself because <laughs> I'm. An evil Poor. murderer. I'm an evil murderer. <laughs> <Yeah>. And like <laughs> Yeah, totally. And they also touch on, you know, other countries kind of attitudes Ad- about absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that, there are no gay men in Italy. Where such it's like, a like ma- well, culture of machismo in yes. Italy. When we clearly see two like men like pawing all over each other. Yeah. But then a woman walks by and they both stop and whistle at her. Right, because it's like that's and then that, I mean, yeah. God bless that that actually was convincing. Yeah, back then because I wouldn't pass today. <laughs> oh my god, the bearding, bearding. I mean, it's 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 like uh, good and bad because in the fifties yeah. it was probably very easy to easier to have a beard, whereas yeah. the further on there is more and more scrutiny. Like yeah, mm. or just being a confirmed bachelor. Yeah. That used to no. kind of be acceptable, yeah. right? Yeah. And eccentric. Now when you're met like, the right woman. Now when you're hitting like 13 or 14, they're like, come on. What, what is it? Yeah. What, what's what's to- going yeah, on? Yeah, totally. Uh, which is scary. I can't even imagine that. But, you know, he meets Meredith on the boat ride. Oh, right. And he introduces In, like, himself customs or whatever. as Dickie. He, so he was already at this, yeah. like, that's an interesting part of it, too, that he was already assuming this man's identity before he even met him. Yeah, it was very... Yeah, it was when he just kind of decides and, like, spur of the moment, like, oh, I'm... He's already a social climber, a striver. He had been told on the Mm -hmm. way there, like, oh, this name opens a lot of doors. So I think something clicked in his mind. Yeah. Well, if doors are going to open, why would I be myself when I can be somebody It makes sense. And I wonder if 
he would have known being at his like social level how kind of widespread this like net of kind of familiarity is within this upper echelon of like society because like you wouldn't think that meredith would know dickie but she right off the bat she was like oh the shipping green leaves Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. then he was like fuck (laughs) i just got gooped in like two minutes i mean if you're traveling first class in a boat like that yeah it's Mm -hmm. the rich elite is a very small universe yeah yeah. It's a small circle, and they all mm-hmm. know each other, which we kind they of – It's his undoing, essentially. Especially, yeah. too, like that new – they're in New England and just yeah. a very old money. And now it's probably less like that. Yeah, it's yeah, more anonymous so. and global. You know, mm-hmm. like it, you're next to like a like Russian oligarch and like yeah. a Saudi prince. <laughs> just all people. Although maybe they do all travel as well in the same circles. But yeah. they all – I don't know. I think all the super rich now have like private jets and shit. Yeah, right? that's I part of it too. it's so easy to just be like we're going we're gonna to charter a plane yeah. just – Ten of us, and like yeah. you don't even have to own it. They're you not going to now. Italy now yeah. either. Oh yeah, no. also that <laughs> they're probably going to like I don't know outer space, like the Seychelles. <laughs> I mean, is that why island. is that why Italy's economy is kind of? I mean, that's <laughs> a whole. We can. Yeah. That's, that's like a whole. whole that's like a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that, but they. So yes, he meets Meredith, who eventually again. This, that's what's genius about this film's plot yeah. and the script is. It seems like a little minor character, and they have this very minor encounter, mm-hmm. but it really comes back to haunt him. And mm-hmm. this film kind of has this weird theme of chance and luck, yeah, yeah. but also um, bad luck and like just like. Sometimes Tom is the luckiest man on earth, and sometimes, sometimes he's, he's the, the unluckiest, unluckiest man yeah. on earth. I never thought of that. Yeah. I like that. It's sort of like <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't embrace that and have like a gambling scene, like a Ooh, fancy yeah, casino. Yeah, yeah. Don't you? I feel like we're missing a yeah. scene in, in like, Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I yeah, yeah. I wanted Gwyneth in a like gambling dress. Oh my! And gosh. they go to a CD jazz club. I mean, yeah. when they go to the opera in Rome. And you get Paltrow in that royal blue dress. I that know. look a is moment. why Paltrow at the time was constantly compared to Grace Kelly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, when we meet, so when then we do yes. meet Dickie on the beach, though. He so he arrives in Italy. He in the fictional, where, he lives. where does it? The fictional town of. Montebello. Mon- not Montebello. Montebello. <laughs> the Montebello Town Center. That's a like inside <laughs> joke for us here. <laughs> City of Commerce. <laughs> oh man. It's close to Montebello. Is what it was it? Monte Mangi Mangiabello. 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 I think it's Mangiabello. Yeah. Montecito. 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 That would, be, would be a Tom Ripley hangout. Yes, Montecito now would, would be. Yeah. <laughs> but when we meet him on the beach. It's just oh, it's so Jude good. Law. And okay, I love so this good. color of hair mm-hmm. on Jude Law. Yeah. Because he typically has very dark brown hair, but he's, you know. It's golden. Yeah. Gold, like, uh, like broom straw, like corn silk. Just and like I think that's just to illustrate that he's just hanging out at the beach all day. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this character probably would have brown hair, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I just hang out in the ocean nonstop. And just photographed, so I mentioned before, like a Greek god of mm-hmm. when he gets out of the ocean. Yeah. With Margie. He's yeah. so tan. So tan. Like, He's all shoulders and tits. Yeah. And it's, it, it, and it's one of those things that you can tell in the universe of this movie, this is why everybody is obsessed with Dickie. Yeah. 
Well, he's like effortless and he has the confidence of someone born rich and young and attractive. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, And so then Tom shows up and he's pale and pasty, but still kind of hot. Yeah. But not, I mean, the Speedo's ugly. He's in this like lime green iconic Speedo. It's like a (laughs) diaper. It's up to his like belly button. It fits weird. I love the cloth on that. It's speedo because it would have been made out of cotton because yeah. it's fashion like a terry cloth fashion wouldn't have have had that like nylon speedo fabric. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit revealing if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a little. <laughs> you bit can definitely revealing. check out that uh, there's that, some that Matt bird watching package. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bird watching, oh, which goodness. is the name of his boat. There's there's bird. a lot of um, yeah. Yep. And that's a uh, Ch- uh, Chet Baker reference, reference right? I believe so. Yeah. I saw the Ethan Hawke movie. A lot of homoeroticism. Mm. You don't name your boat after a mm. man. That's very <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, Gwen- I mean, speaking of Gwyneth. She's Marge. She's Dickie's uh, fiance. fiance. I think yeah. they're enfianced at this point. I think so. I th- <laughs> yes, again, like... She's writing a novel. She's is also that, an American. I forgot that plot point. Yeah. Yep. I just love the fact that all these assholes are so fucking rich. Mm-hmm. Marge has her own play. Like, now it's like if a group of friends are like, we're going to, like, Italy or, like, oh Mykonos gosh. or whatever. It's like, we're all going to... Even nightmare airbnb. Even, like, yeah. even, like, rich kids. <laughs> yeah. When even, they travel yeah. abroad, they're all right. living together. We're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but all of them idiots. have like invested in real estate, oceanside yeah. property. Well, I, I'm assuming that maybe they're renting it that their parents or I whatever. Think so, yeah. but yeah, well, he does mention when I found my apartment in Montebello or whatever. But yeah, Marge has her own place. You know, yeah. Dickie's got his own place, and they're fabulous villas. Also, Italy to America at this time it was right after the war. Sure. It was a dirt. Probably yeah, dirt yeah, poor. It's yeah. probably like for rich people. The American like dollar free. could go a it long way. It's like ways. going to an open playground. Yes, and, and absolutely. And it's it doesn't look like it's not shown like it's a tourist town. No, it's they really all, weren't. Yeah. But it's like where rich people might yes. go to yeah, hang yeah. out. Yeah. So Marge has her own place where she's writing some novel mm-hmm. by hand, probably. What do you think their jobs would be <laughs> if it was like mo- like would she be like a you know, the Instagram photographer? Oh like, yes. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. She would be like her. running a social media account for some brand. Something like so like terrible. Just selling just selling like like uh hair vitamin gummies and like uh-huh. and, and like flat tummy tea. <laughs> and like and Dickie would be doing absolutely nothing. Just, swipe, like this. just yeah. swipe up for the length money. Yeah. Yeah. He would be a d- he would be into DJ instead of jazz, like DJing Ooh, for or sure. something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. EDM, definitely. EDM. He would be guest hosting nights at Low hands, yeah. <laughs> Beach club in Mykonos. And Tom Ripley would definitely be into computers, and like he would know how to code. Yeah, and like that's how he can steal it. He would be so like easily. up on all that. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be like your VPN. You know, he, he would know that kind of stuff. <laughs> we'll trick the computer into thinking we're in America. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I like though that Marge right off the bat is just like. Let's have lunch. Like, yeah, yes. she's very. Like, she invites him over, yeah. and Dickie immediately knows that something's up because he does not remember I don't know Princeton. You. I don't know you. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't go to no. Damn but he's too rich together. to care. Like, you exactly. don't have to really worry because you're yeah. so rich your whole life. Nothing's going to really hurt you. Yeah. So why not? And yeah. he's also preoccupied. He goes off and he's having an affair with this Italian local. He yes. probably has numerous yeah. blonde-headed yeah. children running around. 
this well i don't know how i don't know how blonde they would be because every italian woman in this movie is, has raven black yes. hair and is like so overly sexual like they walk yes, by and they're just yes. like busty and bl- and like black hair and all yeah. beautiful and then there's like Gwyneth Paltrow in her like little bathing suit. That's Minghella having some fun. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if he himself has some Italian heritage. Yeah, yeah. But I just love how like how sexy the Italian women mm-hmm. all are <laughs> compared to like Gwyneth, uh, you know, Marge and. Uh, oh yeah, she's like a thin-lipped, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, New England's finest, yes. <laughs> a minty beauty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Connecticut. Mm-hmm. We were joking when watching if like uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, mm-hmm. Teresa has like family from somewhere <laughs> in, in the town, movie. It's a real, yeah, like peasanty, like oh. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd live there in a second. It looks, Me it looks too. really awesome. Oh, not only do they have their own fabulous apartments, but they have, they all have help. They have a boat. They live in. They have help. They have yep. a boat. Yes. So where is Tom staying at this point? I think Tom is just renting just found a hotel. A room. Yeah, just found a hotel somewhere. Yep. Oh, but yeah. eventually he like ingratiates himself enough that he does he start staying with yeah. I mean Dickie? he starts staying with Dickie and also kind of a ballsy move on Tom's plan that he immediately comes clean of yes. what his dad's yeah. Your dad intentions were. Yeah, yeah, Your yeah. dad sent me. Yeah. But it's smart. It's a way yeah. to bond and be like, Oh, I'm actually like, yeah. supposed to be doing this thing. I met him uh, in New York. Marge! Marge, this is scary. You've got to hear this. Meet my father, Herbert Richard Greenleaf the first. Pleasure to meet you. Dickie's made a fine catch. Uncanny. I know Emily thinks so. I don't get it. It's uncanny. Could you ever conceive of going to Italy, Tom, and uh, bringing him back? What? I'd pay you if you would go to Italy, persuade my son to come home, I pay you a thousand dollars. I love when not only does he spill the beans about that right off the bat, but he also kind of tells Dickie that, like, oh yeah, I can do some like creepy things, mm-hmm. like forge signatures and mimic people's voices. Yeah, which the mimicking of the voices is like kind of like, ooh, that's creepy, but they never use it. No, they, they never should've. really use it. There's not like a phone call where it's like, kind of. I think that's that's something from <laughs> the books that. Patricia Highsmith expands upon more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also when they do it in the movie, I feel like there's a little like ANTM, like ADR realness when he's sure. like, oh, I'm doing an a little of the bit, dad. Yeah. And it's like, did he do that on set or did he? Because it's Matt Damon doing it, but I think maybe he didn't do it that well on set. And, they, like, and then they, he re-recorded they it. Yeah. They, had to, they had to bring yeah. him back in. Yeah. Let's do the impression of the, of the fake James Cromwell dad war, one more time. War, war. <laughs> yeah. And then he did it again, and then it worked. And then he does Marge later on. That, that was, was iconic. Yeah. That's an iconic moment. Yeah. Like, because yeah. <laughs> Gwyneth is kind of imitatable. Like, yes. I can't do it right now, but I'm, I'd have to hear it. But the way he did it was pretty much following the weird lilts and cadences of, like, Marge's right. delivery. Um, but that, that was when he was doing some, like, weird mirror, like, mm, I love you, Homer. I like him. Marge. You like everybody. but um so what happens next is he basically pretends like he has to go and drop some jazz records oh yeah yeah oops oops Oops. oops. have you i mean we've all haven't we all done that where like 
you like wanted to like either meet somebody sure. or research something about them beforehand and then it comes up and you like play dumb and you're like oh oh you like this it's funny we live in this era of social media now you can really do it anybody mm-hmm. can be tom ripley so oh, yeah. quickly and easily when you can look up somebody's facebook or instagram yeah this kind of thing is just one yeah. click away to be like oh mm-hmm. oh i saw this in your house oh and yes like, look what i have in my house mm-hmm. yeah same thing. yeah um, I have questions about uh, Dickie's dad just bankrolling Tom. Mm-hmm. How long sure. until he's just like, "All right, bitch, you're not home yet." I well, know. there is a I'm point of the off. there is a point of the movie that he did say that uh, you obviously can't get him to come home. Your work is finished. Thanks yeah. for your help. And Here's a little something right. to like compensate for. I you. love too that he's so rich that he still was like able to just he wasn't pissed I mean I'm sure he was pissed about it but he was just like take another grand mm-hmm. Throw or two money at the problem yeah. yeah and then yeah fuck off yeah and we'll I'll figure out how to get my son back eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that I wish and I need to get myself a shipping business. Can I start that today? <laughs> Is that how you make it? I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's the wrong industry. I mean, it's like into. a 50s. I was like, going to say, like, that's like industrialist. That's like some I'm old like shipping yeah. bag. That's like some shipping. old money shit. Is yeah. building ships? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I mean you need to be into like Bitcoin or dog co- like you need yeah. to be like cryptocurrency. Sure, heiress. All of the thirsty heiress. Instagram gays that I've been following have been trying to NFTs. shell out their cryptocurrency gay. So it's like Can we sell. Early I refuse episodes? to it's, learn. It's or becoming like what, it's becoming a thing. Yeah. I don't understand it. Can I we sell will. early episodes of movies that made us gay as NFTs? I don't know. Maybe. I mean. I mean, I, I just know that crypto... I'll sell it to, to um, leave Britney alone. It's like <laughs> it's like cryptocurrency is like Disney dollars for the internet. Yeah, kind of. But there's this like constant threat that it's all going to vanish. Yeah. Someone, it's going to sound like the government's going to be like, okay, you've had fun. Yeah. And yeah. it's over now. And it's done. Like like all of our like all of our movies on Apple TV. Or like, like exactly. You don't oh really God. own these. Like, you don't own that. <laughs> Come on. You really thought you owned Snow White. Yeah. Let me just say this about that. Chris Crocker, like, way to go selling Leave Britney Alone for 40 grand, but 40 grand? I feel like it's worth a little bit more than that. He sold... Yeah. Wait, wait, he, he sold, sold Leave Britney the... Alone as an NFT... Wow. Non-fungible, you know, whatever. How long ago was that? Like two months ago. Oh, he should have got more. $42,000. Yeah. I mean, he must have... Rent's due. The he rent is due. Like, yeah. I mean, you can at least get 100 He's got an OnlyFans, but I mean, I think he could have... I think he could have held Well, out. that other girl i saw the fire remember that the little girl in front of a giant fire oh sure sure, sure she yeah. got like half a million so what? that was like for a picture yeah that's crazy so that's more than that's more wow yeah chris crocker should have should have held out non-fungible token, token? yeah okay. non-fungible token hmm. so that means it's some kind of like electron it's like i i don't know ips in there somewhere right. I mean the whole it's intellectual property. Same with the art world now is selling yes, like yeah. digital art like exactly. that, and you're, yeah. you're like, great, cool. Th- that that way that way they can guarantee that there's not a, a shredder built into the into the frame, like uh, good old Banksy. So yeah, remember that? That was great. Mm-hmm. So shred that shipping money. Shipping money. That's shipping my new. Money. This is my new get rich slow scheme. I'm sure. going rich to very. <laughs> you're gonna make travel from. Uh, from 
Manhattan, New York mm-hmm. harbor to the UK. No, 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 again. no, 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 no. I want to build those ships that carry shipping containers that carry oh shipping sure containers oh, okay yeah, that gets yeah, yeah. stuck in the Suez well, that Canal. Was had a okay. moment yeah, yeah it got stuck and yeah. that was a thing yeah for 10 that's seconds gonna, that's gonna i be thought that you were like gonna reinvest in like boats like luxury liners like luxury liners i, mean, I could also do that too i could branch off from that soderbergh movie mm-hmm. sure we'll try and so <laughs> basically tom and uh dicky go off and they like bond over this jazz club and then things are on the up and up in the movie for a while and it's sort of this glamorous fun three-wheel uh you know powered dynamic group of dicky and tom and marge and like they all are getting along great and love each other and he sort of acts initially as this like he's saving their relationship because they might be having tension because she wants to get married he's a little like He's like a cad playboy who just wants to be young forever. But yeah. with Tom around, he's sort of – she sees him as like a babysitter. Like he's, he's not going to be stepping out on he's me kind of, There you go. I didn't even think of he's that. He's kind of And his, he says, wow, Tom's my cover I was gonna say for me to be able to go out and do He's kind of his, his wingman for yes. when he goes out. Absolutely. Yeah. So they both are using – see, they are both using Tom as yes. well. Tom is using – everybody's using everyone. Yeah. And yeah. then Freddie Miles enters the picture. Oh, yeah. Played by oh, son of a bitch. the late – Phil, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And, and Freddie immediately... He gives a big is performance. On the top. Yes, he yes. does. He gives the biggest <laughs> performance in the film. And yeah. Tom... And Matt Damon's playing a gay sociopath. And he's not giving yeah, the loudest yeah. performance in the movie. <laughs> which is, again, a smart and an interesting choice. And the character is Absolutely. straight. He is. Freddie, yeah. But he's he's just fam- flamboyantly rich. Yes. And, you know, like, again, I think the film kind of flirts and plays with a lot of, like, gender presentations. Like, in the 50s, what would pass as masculine or not masculine sure. is yeah. very different from now. And, like, yeah. for us, he seems like such a queen. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> far be it for us to say he's, like, obnoxiously, like, you know trying to gun down women and yeah he's yeah. just he ices out tom on the skiing trip yes because he was clearly like uh that faggot is not coming with us <laughs> not only that i think for him the bigger sin is i can tell you are like yes n- not of my class you are not yeah. you are not you're trying to mm-hmm. be or like something is wrong yeah with i your think story. that's what he most that's even is. more yes for sure the issue um which is interesting that i guess at some point, Dickie starts to get creeped out by Tom. Yeah. And, like, the the pivotal bathtub scene is, oh my like... Goodness. Mm-hmm. Set it up for it. <laughs> yeah, Scott, it's your favorite scene. It's your favorite scene. Oh, my scene. gosh. It's, I mean... it's It starts off with a sexy chess game. Mm-hmm. They're what, playing chess in the bathtub, well, the which is imagine, a very you intimate... Imagine, have you ever played chess in a bathtub say. with a close friend? Could you imagine oh, okay. our straight... Done in the could you imagine our friend? straight friends... Just, I'm going to take a bath. Do you want to play chess with me? I steam with Why my straight I friends. I, like, I cannot imagine that, A. <laughs> uh, I've never even had a tub comfortable enough to, yeah. like, do anything in for more than three minutes. Well, okay. So, this is this, like, 1950s, you know, claw tub. Uh, you I know. know. There's still, we're still in, in Montebello and, like... Queen Amidala's like summer house, like right on the lake. Even with, the like, bathwater looked George in a mall, like in the it background. Looked like, mm-hmm. It looked like it had clear. like those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, that is. Oh like, yeah, Dickie, expensive bathwater. Dicky put in some like bath bombs. It was not at all like oils. L.A. water. It no. would have first of all, it would have been murky, and yeah. you, you couldn't have even. I would actually be nude in a bathtub 
LA water because no you wouldn't anything. see anything and it wouldn't be that awkward. Absolutely. It's like <laughs> Amalfi Coast water. Yeah. So I was probably drink. I would drink. Dickie's bath water? I would drink Dickie's <laughs> oh, bath yeah. water. I would, I would sell it. I would, and ship mm-hmm. it from the United States to to Europe yeah. on my on my steamships. Yeah, I like would. Steam? We'd I'd start some Bitcoin bids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they're. I mean, they're starting off playing the the sexiest of games, chess. Yeah, um, a mind game. Uh, also true. You're right. This a is a, a game, game of wits and strategy, yes. which. You know. Wow. Okay, that was laying it on a little, little thick. I'm there. just thinking of the Anthony scene from Mingula. Austin Powers and the Spire Shag Man <laughs> with and Kristen Johnson. Now that was a sexy. Chance. And so Tom, <laughs> you know, I will give him props in terms of trying to like seduce a straight person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't embarrass himself. <laughs> he sort of, uh, but he, you know, he makes the move. Yeah. Which I've never mm-hmm. done. I've never been brave enough to hit on right. a straight man. Yeah. And I know I have a lot of friends that have, and I'm always just, I've just never, I've been way too chicken. And there have been one or two times, I've even been in situations with supposedly straight men who've sort of started to like go down that road. And I've been like, (laughs) let's go back to the main highway. I'm like a little afraid to go down this road. I just always felt, I just like things clearly defined. I'm like kind of an uptight nerd. No, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. I have really done this, but you know, I've, read several erotic stories about it i was gonna say gay porn constantly (laughs) opens up with which no i love it i love this kind of thing but then Mm -hmm. in real life i'm like "Mm." i mean our pizza delivery guys are usually old armenian men so so that's not on the table probably yeah i mean we're talking and we're also now of an age this is more in that like college yes young yeah um but i mean now it's like uber lyft driver is probably your best there you go yeah 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 I mean, everybody Everybody wants to get uh, OnlyFans rich. Uh, but he tries it. Dickie's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, he's like, this bathwater is yeah. like, kind of nice. It's warm. Can I get in? I'm I'm gonna, in. I want to get in. And- well, I didn't mean with you in it. Yeah. yeah. Dummy. He walks yeah. it back and it's like, okay, is he that successful? Because the, w- the way that Dickie stands up and is like, all right, you want in? That's its get own. Get the fuck like, in. And yeah. stands up right in front of him. Weird. That's when it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because do you think he was in his mind like, let's see if this is a real queen? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. gonna like yep. check out the I'm goods. I'm gonna show you and all he does. this. I also yeah. think that I also yeah, think that right Dicky and also maybe Jula as a person is the type of straight man that just enjoys everybody desires him, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't mm-hmm. care. Yeah, when you're pretty like that, your whole yeah. life you're just like it you're opens like, doors. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. You get that great butt shot of Jude Law in <laughs> that do. in and that brief tan line. R- Ripley looks behind, so yeah. I guess Ripley's an ass man. He seemed like he was more of an ass man than because he did the front. He kind of kept it cool and autistic, yeah. where you like well, it's stared very, straight ahead, yeah. but then like he could not resist. It's very like <laughs> it's like cruising, where you know, like you pass each other, yeah. and then. It's a game of chicken. Who's going to turn exactly. their head? Yep. And they both turn. Yep. And that's such the moment yeah. that you clock the moment. Like you were doing <laughs> what I thought you'd do. Yeah. And there's like mirror shots of like the Lots ass. of mirrors yeah, in lot, the film. Yeah. Lots of doubles, double imagery, mm-hmm. split imagery because yeah. who is Tom? Who is Dickie? Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. So, I mean, all of this, all of this 
this uh, psychological this intrigue, psychological yeah. psychosexual and images and stuff. I'm like, ooh, it's so like underneath the surface. But I'm like, yes. well, when we talk about it, it's kind of blatant. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But when you watch it, it, it yeah. has a kind of like, it, yeah, it plays really well. And so then this is starting to turn things are starting to turn they're like like you said they're icing him out like no more mm-hmm. ski trip like when are you gonna yep. go it's time to go yeah and Altro sits him down on the boat and it's just gives like him a lovely hey consol- buddy like, like what's up thanks for playing yeah this is your consolation prize <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that scene sucks though when she's just like oh shit you didn't know about the ski trip i um, know and haven't we all been there girl, too sorry. Uh, yeah. you've like accidentally been like oh yeah well when we go to the party and then they're like what party but and we were like, but we were oh. planning on going but we were planning on going to palm springs next month right it, the palm <laughs> that's not gonna happen no, there's not enough room in the airbnb yeah, yeah. oh okay sorry. You don't know we were to... going to invite you. <laughs> we figured you were busy with work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. We have all been there. But yeah, I mean, that's... But the real moment, mm-hmm. when the the moment when things absolutely start to turn south is the death of Dickie's mistress. Who oh, was pregnant yes, with his yes. baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and God. this yep. is a small Italian, Italian village. So her And she's been trying to get a hold of Dickie... Very on and the it's periphery, kind of, and like, yeah. Dickie's carelessness for people is starting to come is starting it's, to catch up with him. Yes, yeah. and so he doesn't care. He's like, I just have this Italian whore named like Judy, you know, Silvana, Silvana Judice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and and Silvana works at. She has this little like oh, she's vegetable at the fruit, stand, fruit yeah. cart. That is like right at the door of uh, like Madge's. The nerve of this straight guy. Villa. Yeah. That, that like drops is, off Margie yeah. and then immediately. I know. And she's buying. She's like, I'm going to make a lemon meringue pie yeah. today. And she's <laughs> buying lemons from this poor yes. woman. Probably the same family fruit stand that Dorit Kemsley gets all the lemons for the copper room. Yes. Mm-hmm. At, yep. uh, at, at Buca, Buca de Beppa. <laughs> I mean, I just expected to see Dorit like round the corner in her Vespa. Like with sunglasses on mm-hmm. and like a head wrap, yeah. Um, Gwyneth speaking Italian to Silvana, I love. I know. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow was fluent in like Spanish. Spanish. And of course, she, she is. Spanish, yeah. Yep. So, and you know, she wanted to speak that uh, Italian. I love listening to Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Spanish. Anthony, so I don't need to be dubbed. <laughs> I know. Italian. I know. She is like, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I mean Gwyneth. She used to. I mean, she called Steven Spielberg like Uncle Steven. I mean, Uncle Steven. Kind of like, oh my goodness. I mean, I just got. A, I just or got Uncle my Morty or something. I just got <laughs> like. I just got my first job. Gosh, I'm not joking. I got my SAG card oh from Uncle God. Steven when I was in Hook. Yeah. Mort. Oh my goodness. Um, and her old friend Anthony Hopkins. I mean, you can't forget him. Oh, <laughs> do you remember that on the Globes? No, I think that wait, they were giving happened? Anthony like a career. I think he was getting like the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Oh. And she introduced him as Anthony Hopkins. Anthony. She didn't just introduce him, she gave like a speech yep. and said his name multiple times and referred to him as Anthony. Mm-hmm. That's like the English way, I guess they say. But it. then, like, so, but then, like, somebody straight up asked him and he was like, no, it's Anthony. I feel like to this day, it's still why I refer to Anthony Hopkins as Anthony. Anthony. Oh, yeah. Me, or like me they sure. say Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have the... the uh, Anthony. Yeah. It's this Emphasis type, on the wrong It's things. this type of bullshit is why I love, love Gwynny. <laughs> and so then Probably one of my God. favorite moments in the whole film, mm-hmm. again, there's so many. So many. After Jude Law finds out that she's killed herself and he feels somewhat responsible, he throws a tantrum, mm-hmm. runs out of the room. And Tom's like, oh. I'll, I'll go, 
oh, he's such an overeager <laughs> queen. And sometimes I love the moments in this film where Tom Ripley drops the pearls and sort of like reveals his mm-hmm. like true queen, his yeah. true like conniving queen nature, just such a like busybody, <laughs> like drama queen. And he's like, I'll go find out what's wrong with them. And she's like, chill. All right. All right. <laughs> calm down, girl. I'm his fiance. I'm his girlfriend. Like, I'll go in and find <laughs> out what's going on. You yeah. Can, like rearrange the flowers peasant <laughs> like go make us a martini that's like one of the first things dicky when he meets tom is like can you make us a martini i mean mm-hmm. he's such a like presumptuous like mm-hmm. jerk but gets away with it and Yo, he's somehow yeah. charming her her look to him when she's like no <laughs> yeah. i'll go it's that like- should have earned the nomination for best supporting actress it was just a like really yeah, queen yeah no really queen <laughs> we're good we're good <laughs> Yeah, that is a really. Have good you heard? Have you met that. Peter King Smithley? <laughs> you you'd like him. You'd like you, him. You'd get along I, with him. Trust I think you me. two would really hit her off. <laughs> he's he's actually interested in men. <laughs> Are you sure you don't know him? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so from this point, this is when Dickies essentially tells Tom, "Look." We're going to have one last fun trip together. He's going to go, go look, at, go going to go look yeah. at property. Yeah. Because he wants to move. Yeah. He's tired of Montebello. He is. He well, because the... He's, you know, he's, he's, tired, he's tired of the SGV. He's going to get the <laughs> hell out. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, wants to go north. He wants to... I forget where he wants to go. Reseda. He wants to go to Artesia now. He's leaving Montebello to go to Artesia. And this is when Dick of... of This is when also... (laughs) Artesia. (laughs) And this is when Dickie also is starting to call Tom out on all of his bullshit to his face. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you at Princeton. Yeah. Like, out Mm -hmm. with it. And he's using his charm to get the truth. He's Mm -hmm. like... You know, he's he's making you want to tell the truth because Tom's always wanting to please Dickie on some level. And so he's like, oh, well, if, but Dickie's sort of playing him finally. Like there are a few times where Tom gets played or doesn't mm-hmm, have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And, and when Dickie's, he's sort of starting to confess a little bit, Dickie oh, yeah. is like, so is like listening to the jazz and he cannot yeah, even be bothered. The, it's all one big love affair. It's such yeah. a cringe moment. Yeah. Like, oh, oh <laughs> so, I mean, cringe. this is all, cringe. I mean, this is all building up to what brings us into the second act of the movie of when they rent out the boat. Yeah. They rent a boat. Mm-hmm. This oh boat God. scene, man, of... This shit is wild. wild. Jude Law, like, going off on Tom of that yes. when he says, you're boring. You're boring. Like, there is nothing boring. more just a stab to the heart of... You're boring. Like, yeah. I cannot stand you. Boring. I've been absolutely honest with you about my feelings. Boring. But you, first of all, I know there's something. That evening when we played chess, for instance, it was obvious. What evening? Oh, sure. No, no. It's too dangerous for you to take on. Oh, no, no. Well, we're brothers. Hey. And then you do this sordid thing with Marge, fucking her on the boat while we all have to listen, which was excruciating. And you follow your cock around like a... And now you're getting married. No, I'm bewildered. Forgive me. You're, you're lying to Marge and then you're getting married too. You're knocking up Silvana. You're ruining everybody. You, you want to play the sax. You want to play the drums. Which is it, Dickie? What do you actually play? Who are you? Huh? Some third-class mooch. Who are you? Who are you to say anything to me? Who are you to tell me anything? Actually, I really, really do not want to be on this boat with you. I can't move without you moving. Shut up. 
gives me the creeps. You give me the creeps. Can you shut up. Dicky, 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 like a little girl. Yeah, and then that English poshing accent just boring. <laughs> I can't do it. That sounded like yeah, that sounded like I was from Boston. But I mean, if you hear it, it's really. I mean, deep. is this just like couples after the quarantine of 2020? <laughs> on the boat it is i mean because then tom Just... turns around and murders dick <laughs> so yes true and then very the movie like i'm not a screen i watch horror movies i like yeah. violence but when you see dicky for some reason the violence in this really hits hard yeah. when you see dicky get hit over the head with that oar yeah, yeah. me too because it's such a like pretty face you're like no no, no. <laughs> it's sort of like staining it's like staining your couch that you just bought like your expensive totally. new couch you're like no no. Totally. Why did you do that? And Couldn't you have like stabbed him in the stomach? Oh my god. Dicky bleeding out, his face split yeah. open is just so pissed off. Yeah, and then he just like, like to like get out you. of it, he like oh, he like god. Yeah, he puts his him. hand into the wound. Yeah. Awful. Tom is ruthless. He's like Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's like this tiny little boat with a little tiny motor, and they're just driving around the harbor so he can pick a new apartment and it didn't have to go that way. Yeah. Like they kept picking at each other. But like Tom could have just shut up and just been like, all right, fuck it. We just got to get back to shore. Well, and it's one of those things that he didn't intentionally kill him. No. I think that yeah. it was just anything that would have been near him to throw yeah. at Dickie. Yeah. And, that's and all it that just there. happened to be an oar. Yeah. yeah. And when you watch the scene of Purple Noon, uh, he just openly just stabs Dickie. Like in the stomach. Like, right. I'm going to kill you. Like, I, I, it's premeditative. We're going to take him out in this boat and I'm going to kill him. Yeah. No, this is more, I think this is more effective because it's just, yeah, it's a, it's, 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 it's a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. Passion. It's, <laughs> but it's fucking gross. I'm just in a cradle, Dickie's dead body. Yeah. In the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, oh, I totally. love That's such a like creepy good moment. Yeah. This like unrequited love. Yeah. And then he just like, he goes to Rome. Yeah. I mean, this is one where he's starting to become Dicky even more. Dicky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dicky. A Dicky Greenleaf. Yeah. He goes straight. He goes to Rome and just now this is when he, he is like going the, into overdrive. The and trickery. Yeah. The like Tom he has to be. He yeah. has to be both Tom and Dicky at once. Yeah. Yeah. So he's calling one hotel. He's checks into two hotels. Yeah. Checks into one is Tom. Checks into one is Dicky. Calls the other one. Oh, he's not there. Leave a message. Mm-hmm. Calls the other one. Same shit. So he's got this paper trail. This is he the has, legendary uh, scammer. He has home. all of these balls up in the air. Yeah. And then, oh, who does he meet in a shop in Rome? But Meredith. Meredith, and Meredith. is back. Mm-hmm. Ruins everything. She's yeah. like horny and ambitious <laughs> and like a social climber. And yes, indeed. It's not good news for Tom. But I mean, Tom like queens out when she mentions those opera tickets. Yeah, he's not one to pass that mm-hmm. up. He loves like a highbrow, you know, entertainment yeah. of the wealthy. And do you yes. know who else loves opera? Peter. Peter. And so <laughs> uh, Marge is like queen queeny musician he's mm-hmm. a musician right he's like i think he must be remember yeah. he's like he composes like choirs or yeah, something he's like in venice and he lives those, in like, venice castrato boys singing, like, <laughs> high notes oh my god um so yeah he's just running a ton of scams at this point tom he's like anna delving it up like he is 
when you watch it, you become you start to become mentally exhausted by all the facades he has to put up, and you imagine that he too he's sort of exuding that too. Like he seems at some point. It must be. It's just exhausting yeah. to have to lie to lie your way out of murder. I feel like when <laughs> most people do a horrific act like that, they like are able to escape and disappear. But for him, he's just becoming even yeah. further delving further down. Imagine having to like then become the person you just murdered. Yeah. I mean, talk about like a fucked and up it's like psychology. Yeah, and it's like okay, he's in Italy, so he's not like at his home, but he's in the same country. Where he did it, so it's like there's ugh, and much. also too, the too the this elite group of wealthy people yeah, all know each other. It's a they all know each other, yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things that Meredith knows him as Dicky, yeah, yeah. But his one mistake, yeah. if he hadn't have said mm-hmm. that at the beginning, he would have been fine, yeah. But um, I live for all of the scenes whenever Peter talks to Tom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he's just very like uh, like. Glad, you know, like you're like when you first come out and you go to a meeting mm-hmm. and there's the like <laughs> friendly meeting. like lead counselor. He's just very understanding and, and nice, es- and, and especially warm. with like Peter's character of being kind of semi out. Like he's yeah, probably just yeah. out to a certain group of people. Yeah. And when you spot someone who you know is gay, mm, like so you just exciting. sort of have to zero in on them. Yeah, he's he has that like I can fix him mentality. He <laughs> thinks that Tom's monsters and demons are just yes. self hatred. Yes, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. much larger than, than that. Me. Yeah, like if anything, maybe if Tom at the end of the movie would have let Peter in on just a little bit of his grift, but just like enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the movie too. The fact that it lets Tom, uh, you get the sense that Tom genuinely does like and or want to love peter yeah and he wants to escape into that fantasy world and i know that was sort of a big criticism that people have that really love both purple noon and the original source material is that he wasn't enough of a sociopath in this movie in In the movie movie. i i think though that that helps create like weird feelings makes the character more interesting interesting it's because you kind of do you feel sorry for him a little bit yeah. but not really uh it's a weird it is a weird choice but i think it's an interesting one yeah because mm-hmm. yeah if you if you had played the straight sociopath you'd really be giving the audience like nothing like, yeah totally. here's this like dangerous snake yeah. that manages to escape at least here <laughs> and, I, and i think in purple noon it works well when you have someone as good looking as yes. Um, Alain Delon. Alain Delon. Yeah. That you can sort of have that character that way just because he's so fucking handsome. Yeah. Yes, and I think that part of that too, with the like giving Tom, it it gives a moral justice to it because you actually think, wow, he's deeply unhappy and yeah. he's punished in a weird way. Like the world is closing in on him at the end. Like he's in his own hell and rightfully so and it's his own hell that he created i love the scene at the spanish steps where he orchestrates the meeting between meredith and margie yeah that right he's sort of like getting his alibi that dickie is in town and i love the meeting of them because these are just like 
Tom Ripley's like dolls that he's playing. Yeah, with. and it's also Gwyneth Paltrow and Kay Blanchett yeah. interacting with each other in <laughs> I, like amazing fifties fashion. Yeah. They had just come off of their Best Actress nominations They're earlier both in, in the their... year, and now we get like the meeting of the two. Prime, <laughs> like prime. I don't want to say prime era because they're yeah. They've had they've gone on to so many other great things, but they're just yeah. When they start figuring, they start figuring it out, but the wrong way. They're figuring yeah. it out yeah. the way he wants them, the way he's orchestrated yes. it mm-hmm. to figure That's... it out. It's like it's kind of satisfying as a viewer. You're just like, oh shit! It's all falling into place. He did all this yep. on purpose. He yanked her and out of the opera. Like, ah, uh. the evidence they find too. It's like, yes, this isn't proof conclusive. Mm-hmm. They never get like no. proof conclusive. Like she finds his ring, yeah. and it's like. He could, you know, that's not, that doesn't mean he killed him, you know, yeah, yeah. but it, for us and and for her and, you know, when you know something, but you can't prove it, yeah, it's like the yeah. worst feeling. And it's like yeah. every single scene with Gwyneth in this movie, she's catching on the Tom's plan more and more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, she's not yeah. completely falling for it because she knows that something is up. Yeah. Yeah, she plays these scenes after Dickie's death very interesting. When she talks to Tom, she's upset, but like even to herself, she knows she's upset because something's wrong. Dickie's, you know, this is like not like him or whatever, but she doesn't want to like believe that Tom did anything, but it's just kind of like she's just so confused and kind of like she's playing it really well the way she's yeah. just like so like, ah, uh, all this shit's happening and. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So I went to Rome when I was 17 years old in high school. Mm-hmm. And when we went to the Spanish steps, this was like the place in Europe that I was like, oh my God, guys, this is where the big <laughs> scene from the talented Mr. Ripley took place and, of the meeting of Gwyneth Paltrow. And and this time you're going to be Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. after we finish, I'm going to be Kate yep. Blanchett. Probably recited <laughs> all of the dialogue. The Marge, I don't know you, so I've got no right to say. I think he loves you. He's. I think you'll find he's on his way home to you. Well, how, how would you know that? He told me everything. No, I was supposed to uh, meet him 15 minutes ago, so. Uh, I'm gonna go now, I think. Not unless he met us to meet. Cool, isn't it? No, no, we're missing another friend. Tom Ripley. Do you know Tom Ripley? No, no. Uh, I've, I've heard about him, of course, but I didn't meet him, no. Not for me. No, gracias. I love it. Oh, I can't imagine going there after seeing it. That would be, that would be like such great role playing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I would have played every character. Although I mean, now it would just be full of like tourists and like. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to do like a TikTok lip sync to it now. <laughs> I, uh, or, yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like. That's amazing. It's probably like ground zero for COVID, too, at oh, the time. Jesus. So it wouldn't be like, it's probably like, you probably can't go up on the steps right now. Oh, maybe one gather day. Soon, one day. Um, but yeah, talented Mr. Ripley. Freddie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We've oh, yeah. We didn't Freddy. talk about Freddy getting demise. hit over the head with... with yeah, uh, we'll talk real quick about... I mean, probably... I think that he gets over the head... Hit over the head with, like, some Roman emperor. 
Yeah. Yes. You thought it was Caligula. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. We don't know. <laughs> he but, gets smashed over the head several times with this thing. Whew. He insult. you know, like I said, the quickest way to make a sociopathic gay man snap is to insult <laughs> his interior design yeah. aesthetic. He calls yeah. it bourgeois. Yeah. This is and too bourgeois for Tom Dickie. Tom like, mm-hmm. there's, he is seething. He's like, I can't, will murder you the second <laughs> you turn your back to me. And he does. And he does. Yeah. And so then we get this convoluted, like, new plan that oh, I know. You're Dickie killed Fred. Yeah. And now he has to talk to, like, the police. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever the police, mm-hmm. are the police involved? That's my impression of Lori from season one of Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County. But um, whenever the police involved, it's not good. Yeah, totally. But they're like they're not bumbling. The first the first detective in you know in Rome is not bumbling, but he's buying everything that Dickie's selling to him. I mm-hmm. think. But uh, yeah, he turns it into this crazy story of you know Freddie killing or uh, Dickie killing Freddie and then killing himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm craziness uh dickie's parents get a private detective he relocates to venice with peter mm-hmm. he gets peter to buy him like a little apartment off the canals uh-huh. in venice well good for him mm-hmm. i mean yeah good work <laughs> but when dickie's parents get involved and the private detective it's kind of wild because you think like okay this guy the detective this has nailed him no nonsense detective who's just like i don't want to hear it I don't give a shit about your small talk. Here's what's going to happen. And they're so worried about the scandal. Dickie's reputation. And Dickie's reputation. They know that he has had issues with violent outbursts in the past. It was sort of why he was sent to Europe. They know they've Mm. had to cover up for him. You know, they they knew about Silvana Guidice. (laughs) You know... All that stuff. So they're just like, all right, some bad shit went down. You need to shut your mouth, keep your mouth shut, and get the fuck out of here. And he's like, great. Yeah. Here's some money. Here's – they give him – So much money. He wins the showcase showdown. Oh, definitely. He yeah. gets yeah. the, like, Dickie's Trust Fund. He gets, like, stipends, like, all this fucking money. And they're like, get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. Leave. Scott free. And mm-hmm. you think yeah. he gets away with it. And like the whole thing about this movie, like we're saying, is like he's this anti hero and he's a sociopath and he's a murderer and people can't deal with it because he gets away with it. But does he though? No. I don't know. Because of this last fucking scene. It's my favorite scene of Paltrow. On this Oh well, well that scene yeah, too. that scene is great. Yeah. Her, yeah. That Her last farewell. scene of Paltrow is so good. It should have been yeah. the Oscar clip. And it's one of those things that I really like what they did with Marge. In this movie mm-hmm. compared to uh, the book. That Marge is much more of a doormat. In the book. In the book. Right. And I mean... I mean more of a doormat because she pretty much lets them walk all over her in this movie. Yeah. Shit. At least she At gets least in. She's on to him and she yeah. knows that he yeah. killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when Dickie finally does, you know, he's on the... I mean, I'm assuming they're sailing back to the States. I think At so. The end. They're probably going back to New York. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're on this ship. He's there with with Peter Kingsley just to live his like gay faggotry fantasy on the ship. At this point, they had to have like boned down. Oh yeah, 
Because, yeah. like... I sh- hope so. I think they're, they're they're out on the deck, like, singing show tunes. Yeah. I don't think they're sharing a room. Do you... What do you think they... What would they use for lube? On a cruise ship? I don't know. Spit. Olive oil? No, I think Peter <laughs> brought, like... He knows, he knows what's up. But I don't know what they bought. Vaseline. Like, maybe. Vaseline. Yeah, That's what they probably. Petroleum jelly. I Petroli- mean, in the 50s. Petrol. I mean, petrol. Petrol jelly. not water-soluble. They booked this... Uh, boat to America, thinking it was going to be their like yeah. Atlantis cruise fuck fest, yeah. <laughs> and guess who shows up? Well, yeah. Meredith and her family. Yep. Uh, and who he those, met? Are you are you traveling opera. alone? And they're textile. Tech, they're textile magnates. Yep. Yes. Not shipping. No. Are you are you traveling alone? No, I'm with the entire. I'm with yeah. my entire bunch. family. And yeah. he's like, fuck. Well, his mind. Yeah, he's like, I will. He was ready to. Yeah, I will. You will over. He was bitch overboard. Yeah. He was. He wanted, and the audience kind of did too. We were like, let's <laughs> yeah. kill. Him. Can we? The film doesn't ever quite deliver popcorn thriller elements yeah, where they yeah. kill the people you want to see killed and like <laughs> have the things happen yeah. that usually except happen <laughs> except with freddie yeah, yeah that's true we were like yes it. but i love this last exchange with kate on the boat deck yeah yeah of the oh my god dicky everybody thinks that you're a murderer like what are we gonna do we mm-hmm. had this romantic night in rome at the opera mm-hmm yeah, the dialogue's so good. When she's like, are, are you with someone? He's like, I'm alone. And yeah. it really speaks to like... <laughs> and she's just like, his, didn't I see Peter? Yeah, I'm alone. Are you with Peter? And she's like, I don't know who that is. Who? <laughs> Peter who? Yeah. Um, so at this point, though, what is his plan? Because now we get, like, let's just I mean, say... I also think that Tom's just making it up he as he goes be. by now. He has to be, because yeah. she still thinks he's fucking Dickie. Mm-hmm. So when they get back to the States, she's going to be like, oh, Dickie, I just saw him on the boat. Like, and everybody's going to be like, bitch, he's dead. Like, this plan would only work if he never saw Meredith again in his entire so life. So now he's got to go to California. But, okay, so my question is, he goes back to the room with Peter Kingsley... And he's just like, and Peter Kingsley is now he's bitching out because he's like, oh, oh, who was, who was that woman? Oh, I saw you with some woman on the, on the deck and you were kissing her. And he's just like, oh, no, 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 no. And his Tom Ripley way or way of just like, oh, well, it was kissing her off. You know, I was just yeah. like, whatever. And fully just like strangles Peter Kingsley mm-hmm. with like his sock or whatever. Yeah. But like. So now what? So now there's like a dead body in the room? I mean, he just has to find what? a way to dump yeah. that body off the know. off the boat. You could do it at like two in the morning. I yeah. guess. And over the... And just pull the like, he's there's drunk. There's no security like, camera. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess the plan is just now he's just got to find a way in, in the dark of night to throw him over the side. But for someone like... Gwyneth or Marge would be like, he's... oh yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's already kind of like under suspicion for like. As the... soon as Marge finds out that her mm-hmm. gay bestie is went overboard yep. on we a need... ship back to America, we yep. need that sequel or spinoff or reboot. Go. I like it. that. Like Marge's revenge. I'll do a, a scripted, should... <laughs> a scripted dramatic podcast of that story. And I'll do all the voices. I did not read the follow up books to this Ripley's game. And she right. wrote a few more. So this authoress, Patricia yeah. Patricia Highsmith, she as I was today years old when I found out that she wrote Carol, um, I published under I the Price of Salt. The Price. Oh of yes, salt. yes. Okay. And that's sort of when you look up 
book covers for the price of salt it's very like predatory lesbian fiction well, yeah, yeah i was yeah. gonna say which i love like which and I'm i love that and, and i love that movie and i please. love that that queen todd haynes was just like i'm, I'm on gonna it. take this and make a beautiful right. lesbian romance it is a little predatory lesbian. Yeah, like, it is. The movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kate's like leering and leeching. She is sort of like, I want this train set. Some of the Meredith looks <laughs> are wrapped. very Carol too. Yes, Definitely, yeah. Sure. But when was when was The Price of Salt written? In the 50s also. The 50s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So these books were And also written. Patricia Highsmith, uh, an alleged lesbian. 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 Interesting. Because I was going to say, she re- she writes these movies in the 50s. A woman mm-hmm. writes these movies, in the fi- these books in the 50s that have these kind of crazy, like, predatory gay characters. Yeah, that is, is a very... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because if a man had written it, it would have been like, oh, uh, yeah. You're a little too interested <laughs> in this subject matter. Yeah, definitely. I mean... And from everything so I've weird. read about Patricia Highsmith, because she also did Strangers on a Train that uh, Hitchcock adapted oh into right. the movie, that she was very unpleasant. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I love that. That's not a mm-hmm. surprise. I love surprise, that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Strangers on a Train is another one where those yep. two characters are like oddly... Mm-hmm. Well, one yeah. of them is definitely more, you know, interested in the other. The Chris Danny Cross. DeVito character. Chris Cross. <laughs> the Danny DeVito character. Um, we just caught a little bit of Throw Mama from the Train the other night on Pluto. So good. Throw Mama from the Train is wild. That movie, I don't understand. That is a time in the 80s when they were making these movies that, like, never in a million years would that just be a light yeah. comedy. And just sort of the yeah. roots of that movie no, were in yeah. a Patricia Highsmith story. Yeah. That's crazy. Again, today years old when, mm-hmm. when I today. found that out. Yeah. Did not know that. But, um, the, so, yeah, the ending is ambiguous? Well, you're just left on that mm-hmm. shot of Tom. Yeah. That he's just sort yeah, he's of... back in his room, com- his cabin. He's, like, yeah. contemplating Alone. all of... These awful things that he's done. And you have a bunch of mirrors. And the Mm -hmm. world's closing in on him. Yeah. It's like, who does Tom even think he is? Yeah. It's the opening shot, too. Mm -hmm. And also the opening shot of the title card for the Talented Mr. Ripley. There's all of those words that are describing Tom. Mm -hmm. And then it lands on talented. Talented. Adjective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's even that famous sticky line about I don't trust people with more than one talent. Ah, everybody should smart. be good at one thing. Yeah, and and he lists several, which is neon warning sign. Do not <laughs> trust this person. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, he did say all those things at the very beginning. So, what does watching the talented Mr. Ripley as a young homosexual? Mm-hmm. In their teen years, I did. I did. I what does this? It. What does this kind of inform you about? Like what you know, the future may hold. I honestly just was took away the glamour. And sure, cheapness. sure. Same. I was like I want to be Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I just kind of walked away with more an impression of Dicky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of that, yeah. this is the type of this person asshole. that I could see myself gravitating to. <laughs> like oh, you kind it? of okay. get. Like, why Tom does all this shit? Because it's for a man just as beautiful as Jude Law. Yeah. That, and just, he's just so resentful for so many reasons. I mean, yeah, he's self-hating because he's a gay man. He's self-hating because mm-hmm. he's poor. He's yeah, self-hating yeah. because, you know, 
he murders people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it self hate when you're like <laughs> if you murder someone and you don't like yourself? I'm so evil because <laughs> yeah, it counts as self hate. <laughs> yeah, does it? Yeah. And we mentioned it before, but it was definitely a moment of me being in high school and going to this big Miramax spectacular, mm-hmm. like this big Miramax movie with my parents, and the lead character is gay. Yeah. That yeah. I had just never seen anything like that. Yeah. In high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way, yeah, the way that they like would film like Jude Law's body and mm-hmm. even, you know, Matt Damon's body. There's a shot of Matt Damon getting out of the bathtub mm-hmm. where you see his whole ass. There's a little and pubic. Yeah. You see some pubes. Yeah. Some blur. Yeah, totally. And so seeing that in a movie where the only nudity is the male lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, kind of movie. Yeah, totally. And this wasn't a movie that I would have to like find on late night cable like yeah. i just mm-hmm. went to this yeah. in a movie theater with my parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no and if anything i think that the studios were just using big names to sell it like, yeah they're it's okay using it trust us it's yeah. not damon yeah i agree um so i think it's definitely worth it's definitely worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that and, it gets better with each viewing. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie from 1999, but it does not. I mean, the fact that it's a period movie helps it, but it doesn't. It has not aged poorly. Like, it feels no. like still very relevant. And mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, well, they couldn't do that in a movie now. Like, I think they could do everything. They could totally yeah. do this. If well, anything, I mean, you now. can see a streaming, like a three episode, five episode, six episode I mean, yeah. series. They're working on a Showtime limited series right. of, of this. But... Not that I think they sh- that's the best direction yeah, to go, I mean... but you can see that there, this feels like three movies in one almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, but it's it's well done, and and for the time, it's like that's what you did. You had a two and a half hour movie. You didn't have yeah. like a miniseries was not An on action. the table. Yeah, I have some issues with the casting of the Showtime series because all I've read is just the casting of Tom and Marge and Dickie that Andrew Scott from Fleabag is going to be playing Tom, which I do not think... I think these characters need to be in their early 20s. I think that um, Dakota would work as Marge, but you need to have an actor in his 20s to be playing both Tom and Dickie. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll, I mean, we'll see. Will we watch it? Maybe. I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Do we have Showtime? You, no. you can watch it with the, your phone in your hand, Peter. It'll be fine. There you go. Second screen. Mm-hmm. And then my iPad on my lap. Yeah. Third screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, also, the only, that's the only casting? I mean, da- Dakota Fanning, not, she's like 20 years younger than this yeah. guy. Yeah. He's my age, dude. I don't know if it really works. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. The, the kid who's playing Dickie's young. No, he's not. 1983, he's old, too. What's old? bag. (laughs) And also, we mentioned it before, but these Miramax movies of this time, because Miramax is kind of a sore subject Mm -hmm. with Hollywood right now, but Miramax was a huge deal around the time of this movie, and this is like the height of it all. It is. 99. Studios really don't shell out the cash for movies like these anymore. Right. Mm Mm-mm. No, this would be made on the cheap on a streamer and they'd try to make it look luxe, but it probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Although well, you never know. Sometimes they invest, but 
I, I feel like this kind of film wouldn't be made today. Not like this. No. And even at the time, it felt like a throwback to the Hitchcockian. Of course, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It feels like a 40s movie, but interpreted in the late 90s because it has more nudity. It has a little more edge. But <laughs> yeah, it's sort yeah, of yeah. done in the style of a 40s film with like a 90s edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about Leonardo DiCaprio turning down the role of Tom? I read that today. Oh, okay. Happy that he turned um, it down. He probably would have been a decent Tom Ripley, I think. Mm-hmm. A little too on the nose. Yeah. I don't know. It would have felt, I think, at the time for his career, maybe it felt a little too... Although, I don't know. And then I was reading that uh, Mangala cast Matt Damon after seeing Goodwill Hunting because he felt that the actor had the right mix of credibility, warmth, and generosity. You want someone who seems trusting, and like mm-hmm. Matt Damon feels, I guess, trusting. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I, I, I like Matt Damon's casting in this. I'm not like the biggest fan of his. I don't dislike him by right. any means. I'm not like, fuck that Matt Damon. But I'm just not like a big Matt Damon mm-hmm. fan. But I mean, it seems like every year or so, Matt Damon has some stupid thing that he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he is starting to say some weird shit mm-hmm. on that. Like you know. your dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting, getting into weird dad territory, but hey. He is isn't he still married to that to that wife of his? Yeah, I think so. So that's good. The waitress that he met on the set of uh, Stuck on You. There wow. You go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hollywood romance. Yeah. Right yeah. Um, so that's something. But um, yeah, I mean, just get out of here with this casting. I really, know. really, yeah, really good great. job with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like Avengers. Yeah, casting. <laughs> yeah. This is like the Avengers of 1999. Yeah, and I think that like. Gwyneth Paltrow and and Kate Blanchett in particular just play this glamorous waxy yes. lady mm-hmm. like to a T. You mm-hmm. know, they just they have those faces and those personas. It just it just works really well. Yeah. I mean, there's reasons why Kate won her Oscar playing Catherine Hepburn and yeah. then later <laughs> uh, Blue Jasmine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if only we could all just have the problems of. Of the rich white people, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> give 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 me those those problems any day, but um, but hey, I mean we we've we we've got the talented Mr. Ripley from 1999, and it, it's a great movie, and we definitely recommend. It goes on sure and off streaming. It does, doesn't yeah, it? It's yeah. either on Prime or it should be on Paramount Plus. Right? It should Paramount. be. Yeah. Is it? Let me. I don't know. Do yeah, because this was a co-production between Miramax and Paramount. Co-pro. Mm. So that doesn't always. Um, because Paramount yeah, Plus is still mi- growing. That means there. it's mixed, right? So yeah. it probably is a nightmare to license. Or yeah. So let's see. The ten- I assume one handled international, one handled uh, domestic. Yeah, it's not currently on any streaming services right now without subscription. Um, but hey, you can always rent it for three dollars, and it's it's worth three ninety nine. I mean, come on, it. yeah, it's yeah. totally worth. I own the Blu Ray. There Indeed. you go. Um, any, does anyone have any final any thoughts on the talented Mister Ripley? We covered a lot. We did. We covered so much. Yeah. This is a good episode. Yeah, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, yeah, and we're kind of on on good good timing for this episode too. Well, this has been a lot of fun recapping. We love that. having you on the show. You're one of my yeah, favorite guests. I'm ready to come back. I, do, I always have my like you know 
my whisper campaign for <laughs> what I would come back for. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, we we would be glad to have you on again for yes. for something else. You've done some but... of my favorite episodes of the Yay. show. Yes, indeed. That's always but, lovely to hear. Yes, but everybody out there, go and find talented Mr. Ripley at, at your local Redbox. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, that's like trying to. I mean, that, how old is that film now? It's almost thirty years old. No. <laughs> twenty this movies over twenty one. It can buy c- alcohol and yeah, cigarettes. This movie could definitely buy. It can't rent a car yet. Oh, okay. Let's get then, it there. yeah. I didn't like <laughs> that when uh, a few years ago, when it was 2019, and you saw all of these retro specs of the great movies from 1999, including that book, best movie year ever. The talented Mr. Ripley was hardly ever oh, mentioned in yeah. all of it. Lame. Mm-hmm. Well. We'll cha- we're changing that right now. We gave it its we're due. We're making history. We did. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, it, it's time to say goodbye. Thank you so much, Mike. Always happy to be here. Yes, Bye. Bye. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Talented Mr. Ripley. Love this movie. Go Good watch episode. It. Go watch it. Yeah. Thanks again to Mike Morgan for coming on our show. Uh, it's that time in the episode. We've got some thank yous, some Patreon shout outs. Yay. For all of our wonderful patrons. We'd like to say, hey, what's up to Charlie, Heather, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, Christine, and Rafino. Thank you for um, if you would like to check out our Patreon, there's some really great stuff over there. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. So I've been doing a new thing when editing the episodes that when we go a little long, I'll do two cuts of the episode. I'll do one that is unedited with all of our fun tangents in it. Yeah. Because uh, we can talk about random stuff. Because we can talk and about random we shit. Do. <laughs> and it's kind of fun. I'll have the long episode on Patreon and yeah. then kind of one that's a little more of that a manageable length that yeah. is the main episode. To yeah, we'd like to. to keep it about 90 minutes for all you lovelies mm-hmm. listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. But um, yeah, there's going to be some uncut extended episodes over on Patreon along with our Watch With Us commentary tracks. And um, hey, also, if you love those Watch With Us commentary tracks or if you're not sure yet about our Patreon, we're going to be doing a free Watch With Us commentary track. So you don't have to actually... Subscribe to the Patreon, but for our 100th episode extravaganza, we will be including some extra additional uh, material. So over on our Patreon, we will have the free Watch With Us commentary track for 10 Things I Hate About You. So you'll have to go to the Patreon to listen, but it will be free. You don't have to be a Patreon subscriber. But yeah, if you like it, it, you can listen to all of our other Watch of This Commentary tracks, as well as the extended episodes, our monthly newsletter, postcards, shout-outs, all that great stuff. So keep an eye out for our uh, Patreon and all that fun stuff. And speaking of our 100th episode, episode, I have our guests lined up. For the episode yes, indeed. of episode 100, and we are going to be talking about Dirty Dancing. Yay! With Patrick Swayze. We love Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. I love that movie so much. Yeah, I kind of wanted episode 100 to be something special, and I feel like Dirty Dancing is a good fit. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, yes, indeed. That's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, keep your your eyes peeled for our hundredth episode, and that comes up. We're going to be doing Dirty Dancing. It's in the next episode. Oh my goodness, a hundred episodes, you guys! I can't even believe it. Thanks for listening to all of them, you guys. So great. But we would also love it if you would rate and review this wonderful podcast. Our Give five, us five stars. Star yeah. ratings are going up. Thank you so much. You guys are actually doing it. Head over to Apple Podcasts and smash the five star rating button we'd also love it if you would leave a review we'll read it on the air we read a couple of reviews recently and if you write us a new one we'll read it there so uh check it out we would uh like for you to follow us on facebook and instagram at m no 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 facebook and instagram at movies that made us gay and twitter at mtmug pod there you go my name is pete i am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm also on Letterboxd as uh, at Peterific. And I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram, Oscar Scott on Twitter, and just Scott Youngbauer on Letterboxd. See what I'm watching. Yes, indeed. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.